This episode is brought to you by Sofia Lopez Masoli and Mary Vea Vea. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. All right, I got the mic this time. Gosh, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to do the would you rather, but fair warning okay. that this uh, would you rather um, comes with a trigger warning. Um, mm. And before I ask the would you rather, I'm going to give a little uh, definition to these elements um, that are encapsulated in, in the in the question okay okay and maybe y'all could help me uh define these things just so that we're processing this together um y'all know what cancel culture is yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah. What, what, i see it on twitter it you like, see it on twitter okay so what's your um, uh what would be how would you define cancel culture or to cancel someone I f- I, to cancel somebody is when a mob of people on the internet cancel a person they're like you know what this this person did something shady. We're just going to cancel them. Like mm. they are off our playlist. We are not listening <laughs> to their music. Right. We are not, we are not, we are not supporting um, them. investing and supporting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's usually what I see when, when people say cancel. Okay. Like, so you see that it's, it's, it's something that happens online and of yeah. course. Yeah. And in, in our lives in a sense, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In reality. Okay. Yes, so cancel culture is is definitely that, right? Mm-hmm. Is um a mob of folks who uh, divest and uh, you know take their support away from you know artists. Like a lot of folks have yeah. canceled R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks. Who else has been canceled? A lot of uh, producers in Hollywood. Right. You know when women were coming out with the Actors, Me Too movement. Yeah. Um. So okay, so that's cancel culture, right? Thinking about just not supporting someone, unfollowing them, not supporting their uh, their shit. Mm. And now, uh, also thinking about uh, restorative justice, right? What comes to mm. mind when you think of restorative justice? I mean, the obvious justice restored. <laughs> Justice restore. Yeah, yeah I think the word restorative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the word redemptive, like mm. redeeming, right? Restoring, mm-hmm. bringing it back, mm-hmm. making some something that was wrong, making it right, mm-hmm. or something that was was taken, was, yeah, yeah, taken, yeah. a Demolished, lost, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, destroyed and rebuilding, like right, and that can that can definitely connect to like someone's uh personality right or someone's actions and mm. someone's spirit right because yeah, yeah, they have right. gone through um the you know different situations and whatnot and so thinking about restorative justice it's yeah it's definitely that right it's restoring something that was once broken yeah it yeah. could be a bond it could be it could be one's um perspective or outlook um, a relationship relationship yeah. right. right and so it's really a, a centered in healing right right yeah um and i th- and even we were just sharing about like the genesis of this of this uh project of us putting on this podcast came about when we were at a training on how to mm. work with um men who mm. sexually uh harmed 
people, right? Whether it was rapists or pedophiles or whatnot, right? Like how to work with those type of individuals, which is a form of restorative justice and healing. Normally for me, you know, like those kind of folks, I would write them off. I'd cancel them. Course. quickness right so i wanted to i wanted us to like sort of think about these um elements of cancel culture healing and restorative justice mm. to go into this would you rather okay 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 so um something that i see a lot on social media and even just you know in our community and other communities we know that this Thing, uh, this thing exists around sexual violence. <clears throat> Excuse me. This thing exists around sexual violence. Um, you know, it happened. It, it has um, happened to a lot of folks uh, in terms of being sexually violated, being molested, raped, whatnot. Right? Mm. Or um, you see, we see it happen often with a lot of. Um, young white men who are affluent, right? And they get away with charges of um, rape and mm. drugging women and not not being uh, accurately uh, punished, mm. right? And so just, right. just this heavy culture of sexual violence, right? Especially within our community and our culture. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, I know Afro-Tainted does a lot of... Uh, a lot of the work in terms of bringing visibility to sexual predators. Oh yeah. I think specifically in Samoa, but I, you know, nobody's exempt. Not under her watch. And I appreciate that. Right. Because it's like, oftentimes we know that this is something that's swept under the rug. It's something that people deal with. It's something that people hold, you know, secrets in. Right. And so all of this to say, would you rather cancel a family member who harmed someone with sexual violence or do the healing and restorative justice practices um, with them to to sort of help heal them? I hope I asked this question correctly and <laughs> it makes this sense. This is such a heavy question. It is a heavy question. I'm getting question. emotional. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, you know, I wanted to offer up this like, trigger warning. Yeah, it's just because um, this is something that I was thinking about when I was listening to a podcast. Uh, shout out to Healing Justice Podcast. If y'all haven't already, subscribe, tap in, tune in. Um, that is such a great platform. Uh, they were having a conversation about um, a book that was recently that they're um, that they're recently doing with their book club. It's mm. called Turn This World Inside Out. The emergence of uh, nurturance culture, mm, and I love that. and they were having you know they were just having conversations around um, healing, restorative justice, sexual violence, harm, and all of that. And it really struck me because I know that this is something that I've heard time and time again from folks in the community, whether it was students I've worked with. Uh, close family members confidants mm. um just just it's it's a common occurrence you know and um 
you know, I think even a lot of our listeners, some who may be listening right now, and maybe even us in the studio, have really um, been in this kind of place, you know? And so I think that was something I was compelled to ask because I was asking myself, like, damn, what would I do, right? Like, I'll just be transparent and say that right now a brother of mine, you know, is... is um is paying for his mistakes mm. right but that mistake is not is not public news right it's not it's not on everybody's radar within the family you know within folks who need to know or should know and you know we're just all walking around like shit didn't happen mm. some serious shit didn't go down and it's like I have no I have no uh tolerance for that. Right. And so I was just thinking like, damn, would I am I gonna cancel him out? Or am I am I gonna cancel that person out? Or am I gonna do the healing and restorative work to help help restore them, you know, to I, help rede- redeem them. So I think for me, I think the um, I think about the victim first before I think yeah. about the restorative justice Word. because I feel like the victim has the right to feel however he or she feels. Word. And it's interesting because you presented the question not as us being a victim of it, but you presented, would you rather cancel your family member or whatever mm-hmm. or do the work? Yeah. That's... That to me is a very, I, I'm like, I'm baffled. I don't know how to answer that. Like, mm. it makes me cry because I just, yeah. I, f- I feel. Because I feel like we normally would, would think about the victim and we all should continue to think about yeah. those who were victimized, right? Because. And I also think we need to correct and. Yeah. And, and keep I, accountable and hold them accountable i think holding them accountable they might not be restored they might continue to be a predator but to hold them accountable i think to point it out to expose it to mm-hmm. bring it to light i think that is restorative justice right because because mm. you're you're breaking it down to rebuild it like yeah. this is not you're not letting it go under the rug anymore. yeah continuing so i know and i know this is very emotional please don't feel like you have to um answer this in a in a way that is um politically correct or anything right because yeah i mean shit i'll 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 start us off the question again is would you rather cancel a family member who harmed someone uh, with, with sexual violence or do the healing and restorative justice practices to to help heal them. And my f- initial reaction, and I feel like even having thought about this, I still feel like I would cancel my family member, right? Because the healing and the restorative pieces and whatnot, even I didn't think about the, I didn't think about this part of 
bringing it to light, calling it out, holding them accountable is restorative work. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. I just thought of like, that's what should happen. That's yeah. already, yeah, it right? should like happen. That's, that should happen. That should be first and foremost. But for me, I would still just cancel them out because I feel like I'm not strong enough. I, I don't think that my my antennas are focused on the perpetrator, right? It makes me feel grossed out, to be honest. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I can... If you... I just, it's like, you know, like, it's, 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 it's gross. It makes me sick. That's yeah. why I'm like literally in tears. Would you? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to puke. Guys. Right, just right. like, oh. So you would cancel them? I would, I would call it out and cancel. Like, I'm just not going to be around you and you're not going to be around me or anybody else. Like, you need yeah. to stay over there. Yeah. Stay I- away. I could dig that. From us. (laughs) Word. And, you know, I feel like when people are called out, they do retreat sometimes because they have to. It's shameful. Yeah. They get ashamed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I would take the restorative um, justice route for sure. Yeah? Yeah. I think... um, I don't know. I just really am one to. Um, but I'm I'm a strong believer of like restoration and healing. And I know that doing something like that was, or people who predators have a mindset of like, you know, sometimes I I feel like some of the stories that I've heard from just listening to certain. Um, watching certain um, movies and by, you know, certain, um, reading certain articles on predators. It's like, you know, it, it's sometimes it's, it's out of their control when they get into that mindset, you know, not to say that what they're, what they did was right, but I would, um, I would, I would want to help my family member and do everything I can to, um, first help them see what they're doing. And then eventually get them to a place where they're um, stable enough to want to do the exposing work instead of us exposing it, you know? Mm. So, like, I would want them to want to do it willingly. Want them to want to come clean. Yeah, and and do all that work. But I just feel like, and I'm talking about if it's a family member. Now, if it was an outside, if it was an outside member. Like, it's all that? I'm talking. Yeah, it's all family. Like okay. because it's the closest thing to us, right? Like That's it's difficult. easy. It's easy to cancel somebody else, right? Like a stranger, yeah. Oh, that they did that to their family. Oh, damn! That's how they get down. You know, just like it's easier to look outside and cancel people outside, right? But when that shit happens inside, what are we doing? Yeah. Because. Well, first of all, like we want to stop it from happening, right? So I think that's why I do see the side of restorative justice is because you don't want this person, if your family member, to be a repeat offender. Mm. It's it's like a way of stopping, stopping. But mm-hmm. it's but it's it it depends on that person, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it really it's, it's their all depending choice. on the person. And the, and the family to want to change, to want to do that work. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and there's roots to it. There's levels to you know. There is levels to this, right? And I and I feel like I'm a. <sighs> Damn. 
I'm, I'm gonna throw, Dang, I, Danny boy. Like, I feel like I want to <laughs> throw a wrench in, right? Because, I mean, this is this is real, right? Yeah. This is some real shit. Is that, like, sh- this shit comes out about, you know, like, let's say folks were molested, folks were raped, right, by family members. And not just once or twice, but, like, habitually. Yeah. It usually happens within families. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. It happens, a bit, and there's people who have passed on and never had to be held accountable, and so victims are—it's a cycle—are are left to deal with the trauma. trying to, yeah, with the trauma and trying to heal themselves, right? Uh, and so, trust like, me, I know. <clears throat> when when the shit is brought up and the victim is not, um, they don't believe the victim, right? They don't accept uh, the truth, right? That fucking pisses me off even more to cancel a motherfucker out real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like restorative justice and healing, all of that. Like, yes, that exists. And yes, that's something that I can't. Who has time for it? I, I can't. Yeah, if I can't you invest have in that. the time and the energy, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's. You had to start us off from <laughs> this <laughs> question, it's, it's really difficult to see it through the oh lens of goodness. how you just explained it, you know, like. Because I would have just been like, it's wasting my energy. Just go fix yourself. I'm going to focus on the victim. You know, like that's. Because it's easier to focus on the victim. Yeah. If the focus had to be on the perpetrator, what are we going to do? Are you, would you rather cancel the motherfucker? I think that would stop. I I think that is preemptive work also. Not just restorative. What do you mean? Being that. Oh my gosh, dude. I feel like I'm going to go on a tangent. Go. But like, hey, nobody said I, you couldn't. I feel like it is preventive work when you're correcting people's. But but but, 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 but I'm not I'm not trying to correct here. Like I think see I think we're well. I'm I'm trying to approach this person just from a place of understanding. A place of compassion. The perpetrator. Like you're, yeah, the you're, per- the perpetrator. you have. I'm not a trying problem. to say what you did was. I'm not. Tr- I'm not going to do no pointing. My and my approach is a, probably a lot more different than a, others. But and I and I don't even know if this might be my approach if this shit is really happening. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like this is what I would want to do. Mm. So I don't know how I would act if this actually happened. Like for instance, if that was my daughter or son and shit like that happened, I don't know. But this is what I'm giving you an answer of what I would like to do. So I wouldn't know what in the we, heat of the We moment. don't know. It's not if it's gonna but what, happen. Yeah, but what I but I what I like at what the what a what a what I think the answer that uh, that sits with me best is the restorative justice. That's that's I'm going yeah, with that. Yeah, that's the good that's the good that's the good answer. No, it's not the good answer, it's the it's the approach. <laughs> Like that's just where I I am at in mm-hmm. this place. Very um, and I, and I'm and just to be like okay, I'm just gonna leave it. I'm just gonna be very vulnerable here. I'm I've experienced this. Right. This is my story that you're saying. You know, and to to know that I can actually speak from this place. It's like I am there. You know, like I am totally in the restorative mm-hmm. justice part. You know. Yeah. And I should have fucking. Exposed this, canceled this long time ago. Yeah, but I couldn't 
because of just my love for my family. Right. So I chose this way, but damn, I hella struggled. Yeah. I went through hella therapy. I went through hella bad in and out of the hospital, anxiety, shit that I was alone, you know, deep depression, <sighs> running away, dealing with just my sexuality. Like so much, so many things came out of it. But one thing that I did learn was I'm so glad I, st- I stuck with the restorative justice. Mm. You know, I don't regret that at all. But yeah. So that's why I, I kind of sit with that answer right now from my experience. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I say that that it's the easy answer because it's like that's what we all would want, right? Right. And, I mean, thinking about folks like yourselves, right? Like just thinking yeah. about believers, right? Thinking about uh, God's word, thinking about Jesus Christ, right? Thinking about forgiveness mm. and and whatnot, right? And like letting go and letting go. The reason, I mean, this is the ultimate thing for me where I just, you know, I'm, I'm pit up against my own shit in my own uh, family with like, am I going to cancel my brother out or am I going to be there and like hold him accountable and help do the restorative work? And that shit could get violent too, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It can get ugly as that shit can get ugly and so i mean i just wanted to bring this this uh why you gotta make me cry this question (laughs) it's her first time here ain't nothing wrong with crying bruh it's my first time on on, for the culture d-boy made me cry (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know this is I, I wanted to bring this motherfucking question for the cultures, man, because this is some it shit. Is no, this question. is that like this I know our community. Right. Yeah, that's, our community that's, real, that's a through. good question. Definitely, yeah. Our community has been going through this kind of trauma for generations, far too long. generations, far too long. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, this is. I know we can have a a whole episode about this. Yeah. We can have a whole big conversation. I know even for right now, right? Like, we're bringing shit up. We're being vulnerable. We're being, but we're also being. Um, protective right yeah. and we're also being mindful because these are other people's uh lives and stories but at what point do we hold people accountable right at what level do we hold people accountable and at what level do we cancel people and if we cancel them one time does that mean we can't uh revisit the situation and maybe do some restorative work you know it's all about healing. It really is at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, there's healing on both ends. Everybody on heals. both ends, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the part, partner. You just hit the oh you just hit it on the nose with that. Like healing for the victim is priority, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is the most necessary. And when yeah. people when victims come out with their truths and they're not received, they're not accepted, they're not folks are not believing in them. That is the fucking word. That's like that's a re-traumatizing, folks. It's yeah. another layer of trauma, trauma right? Yeah. But the heal, like we never really think or talk about the healing with the the perpetrator, right? And there needs to that, be like a specialty team that, that comes yeah, in right. to heal the perpetrator. It's that's like some family go to the victim, fairy godmother, <laughs> fairy god aunties. Fairy God uncles, like we need. No, we gotta tap into the ancestors. ancestors. <laughs> well, look, 
Look, oh what I feel goodness. like folks do too when they are held accountable or when they are exposed or when they're brought to the light, they'll turn to the word. Mm. And they'll use God, they'll use Jesus, they'll use it all as a crutch. They use all of that, but did you think of that when right. you did you think of Jesus when you did the things that you did? Like mm. But you know, like being Islander, we we come from huge families, you know, and I feel like it's important to set boundaries because like I I I now know why my mom didn't let me sleep over everywhere. Mm. As mm. a child. Mhm. Even if it was a cousin's exactly uncles, aunties. Mm-hmm. And I used to get mad at my mom. I'm like, Mom, like why are you? and she's like, Nope, you're coming home. Yeah. And I but then when I look back, it was like my mom was protecting me from so much and and, and she had been abused. Right. So she was she took from her experience and was, you know Doing protect pre- precautionary. Yeah. yeah, taking precaution because you have to protect you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. See, something my cousin said before, and, you know, I understood it. But now that I think about it, it's also, it's also like, not safe enough because you still have to worry about the boys, right? Have y'all ever heard this saying about when you have a, when you have a boy, you only got to worry about one dick. But when you have a girl, you got to worry about all the dicks in the world. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Right? Mm. Yes. And you also have to be mindful of the boy, too, because predators, you know, all the dicks in the world might try to, you know, harm harm the boy, too. Yeah, it's it's boys and girls. It's little boys, boys and, and girls, little girls, right, yeah. Both. That's facts. It was something that's, that was mind-blowing to me, especially when I was, like, putting myself out there more in terms of my queer identity and, mm. like, talking to a lot of, um, you know, uh, gay men is that, I'm not saying all gay men have experienced that, but a majority of the folks that I've talked to and um, had conversations with, that seemed to be a common thread uh, of that them experience some form of sexual violence from an uncle, a cousin, some male counterpart, but even also women too. Women are predators women, also. Women, women yeah, predators, yeah, right? And so it's just like, oh my gosh, this whole like... It's, it's kind of culture exists. And I think also too we need to have teach our youth also because mm-hmm. their hormones are raging yep. by the time they turn 12, 13. Mm-hmm. You have like and then you have a bunch of them, right? Right. A bunch of youth like in our family. All co They're all and it's like cohabitating, cohabitating in the same right. house. Mhm. So things can happen and it's like you have to really like sit down and have that talk with this is not okay. Like even right. as children, you need to tell the little kids if somebody if somebody does this, this is not right. You come and tell right. me. Right. It's kind of like like how you were just saying your mom didn't let you sleep over anywhere or whatnot, right? Like, but I, she also told me as a little girl, mm. if anybody does this, this is your private area. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is this and that. If anybody right. goes out, you know, yeah, this that's wrong. That's wrong, right? So like, but I feel like we have a bunch of kids and. They, their hormones are raging and they don't know about the sexuality. They're mm-hmm. just feeling it. Right. And it's even like taboo to talk about sex mm-hmm. with the kids. Mm-hmm. But you need to talk, we need to talk about sex yeah. with the kids and let them know that what's not what's not right and what's wrong because then it, that also too can help 
prevent some exactly. of the stuff that goes down because right. it's not always just people older than way older than you sometimes it's your cousins it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh my goodness I'm just you know sometimes it's just, it's people that are like the similar age and things are happening it's like we need to to talk about sex exactly sex education yes we all need of to talk it about sex. sexual harassment all let's of it let's talk about sex <laughs> Let's talk about sex. <laughs> Let's talk about sex. Yeah. No, thank y'all. Thank y'all for... Uh, Very triggering. Very triggering. Bearing with me in this wow. one. I, yeah, I thought it would be a thought-provoking one. And just, you know, for us to talk about, right? It's like, a, it's like a way of having this uncomfortable conversation it. because my, we ain't fucking having this shit, right? And I think... Or not that I think, right? My whole reason for doing this is thinking about healing. Mm. and healing ain't fucking easy healing ain't pretty you ain't you you're not gonna achieve it one moment and it's gonna be that way for life right it's a continuous process a friend told me that healing is a lifetime Mm -hmm. it's a life it's lifetime work it is it is and ongoing thing i mean Mm -hmm. because shit there's so many things to heal from heal from to unlearn to to think about then you get to form your own perspective and shit just moving forward right and and it may shift and change but i know Uh, we need to heal i know we need to heal we gotta heal wow take a deep breath wait is the podcast over now (laughs) (laughs) this motherfucker just getting started man so we gotta take deep breath let's take a deep breath real quick because that was pretty heavy that was pretty heavy take a deep ass breath take it all the way up take it all the way in and blow that shit out. I when you said blow it right Beyonce. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> she wanna talk about sex already. <laughs> okay, okay. Well to welcome welcome. Welcome to For the Cultures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bex Bumble. What it do, Kaipu? It's your host, D-Boy. And that sweet, angelic voice that you heard in the background that, in our lovely conversation is Lady Sane. We got Lady Sane in the building. Beow, How beow, are beow, you? Beow, 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 beow. Hello, everybody. It's Sane. <laughs> Sane. 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 She is- Sane. I'm sorry if I got the giggles because, oh my gosh. She's just, she's just full of laughter. That would be right a now. cool nickname. The giggles? No. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> giggles would be good. Can you do the giggle dance? <laughs> nah, but you know how sunny sounds like Sunday. <laughs> sunny. Sunny morning. Sunny. Sunny. You are like sunny morning. Oy. Easy like Sunday morning. My nickname when I was little, they called me Sunny Delight because they didn't know how to pronounce Sane, and my last name is Dakunibose. Uh-huh. The D. Uh-huh. So they're like, Sunny D. Sunny D. Hey. Sunny D. Orange juice or whatever. It's not even real orange juice. <laughs> it's like, maybe like Sunny like D. San Pico. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So Lady Sane is a local Bay Area artist of Tongan and Fijian descent who hails from the city of Milpitas. As a young adult, she became a singer-songwriter and wrote songs like Single in the Hood. Her style of music is eclectic, from island reggae to doo-wop with hints of gospel. Come on. At 24, she started a band and opened up for many reggae acts such as Baron Taylor Levy, Yellowman, and Morgan Heritage. These days, right? All hitters. These days, Sane, uh, Sane, Sane. 
also enjoys expressing herself through other mediums of art, such as painting. She's an awesome painter. And a passion about the arts and finding community. And she also likes to um, go to bar hop. She likes to bar hop <laughs> alone. She Her ass was hopping at the bar last night. <laughs> she got in at what time, D-Boy? It's 5, five. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Breath stinking and I'm yawning. <laughs> I'm tired, y'all, but it was worth it. Morning looks and all. Oh, good morning, Sunday. Good it's morning. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, y'all. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm doing fantabulous. How, how, how much? How many hours did you have this morning? An hour. Oh, bless her Lord! Is this a <laughs> is this a lifestyle of a PI a Pacific Island artist? Is that okay. is that the lifestyle you guys have? Just one hour a day. That's the Fijian life. Oh my gosh! Don't we, even get us started about Fijians. We just can't drink. Okay? For real, we got the you strongest at, stomachs of real. the South Pacific. Can I borrow your stomach? <laughs> you was over there talking like last night, shots. huh? You was talking God, last night. <laughs> You about that tacky life? I can drink, but I like to drink responsibly. Also, yeah, that's why you lift. <laughs> that's why I be lifting, herbering. <laughs> Were you out last night? Were you out last night? I was out. You were getting it? Look at her! <laughs> look at her! You I got, got it. it! You got it! You got it, girl! You got it, girl! I got it! You got it! Okay, okay. Was it a good cut? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good cut. <laughs> well, we welcome Sane to our podcast. We have a lot of good conversations to um, tap in with Sane. But first and foremost, we want to just kind of enter into our little where we ground, focus, center, and pray, or whatever it is you feel like you can uh, just give and bless. Offering us. or a blessing. Yeah, I, gonna, I love that I'm word right there. Pray. Offering. Oh, you're gonna pray? I'm gonna. Pray. Oh, yeah. Just to make it today? Yes, to make it through Sunday. I love it. Let's do this. Um, dear Lord, I thank you for your love. I'm a sinner. Thank you for loving me. <laughs> we can laugh in the prayer. It's all good. We decolonizing these prayers, y'all. Go ahead, Sunday. Oh, yes, thank Lord. you for loving me and loving us. I feel your love so unconditionally. Mm. And I just pray over this hour that we will dive in deep into some messages and that we will encourage our listeners. Um, I even pray for anybody that listens to this podcast that they will find encouragement, enlightenment, anything that they would take away from this. And I thank you so much for Bex and for Danny Boy just for the work that they're doing like mm. in our community. I thank you so much for their lives. And I thank you for your unconditional love for me that I feel for myself, but also that I feel for my community mm. and for my brother and my sister here today. Mm. And I pray in Thanksgiving, just, I just pray that you give us joy today. Mm. Happy Sunday. It's an amazing day. Thank you that I'm alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. And happy Monday, y'all, because it's happy the best Monday. When is motherfucker going to be released? That's how you want to start off <laughs> on Monday <laughs> with that prayer. Oh. It's Happy okay. Monday, it's okay. It's, we, your, we, name we is, your name is Sunday. Giggles. After that laugh in your prayer, your name is Giggles for the rest of the yeah. day. I dub thee Giggs. <laughs> Giggs. Your name is Sana Giggs. Sana Giggs. <laughs> Sana Giggs, bruh. What's your name? But, Sana but, Giggs. But can you dance, though? You got gigs? Oh, she, she be skanking all around the hey, world. Hey, that's dancing. That's dancing. I, I be gigging for sure, though. That's like, what's up. She, she really saw do. me. I, she I, saw me, like... 
<laughs> when at Edo show, uh-huh. she'd be skanking all o- all over the place. I cannot stop, dude. When I listen to reggae live, I'm just like you feel the spirit. Jobless. I be feeling like I'm at a black Kojic church, hey. but by myself, like skanking. That's what's up. You like, got them Irie vibes. Some Irie, Irie vibes. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Well. let me clear my throat Uh, what's happening partner bruh (laughs) hey what's up i really don't have shit to say (laughs) (laughs) i just really want to say bruh i really don't i mean my week was casual my my week was i don't think there was uh anything too eventful other than my my normal, I feel like that I'm what's constantly a, doing bruh about. Uh-huh. I mean, what's your highlight? Sheesh, you know what? I feel like my highlight, because, you know, I got this funeral thing happening in my family. Highlight is just seeing family that I haven't seen in a while. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's really it. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Just happy to see and you. And you know what? Damn, we were supposed to talk, um, check in about this, but highlight also, too, was our check-in. Like, D-Boy and I have been meeting these last few weeks, just kind of like, you know, we're doing the... The right, you know, we're we're we're, we're investing in our brand, doing and stuff. the work. Yeah, we're doing the work yeah. and just kind of meeting with you and just that that little one hour that turned into like four hours. But it's been really good because we get to like create and do stuff. So I felt like that was like my my re, my refresher because mm. that was like a good pull away from everything that I've been that's been going on in my life. So that's been, that's about it. Yeah, I'm excited that we're meeting regularly too. You know, because we're really. Uh, putting in the work to develop so yeah develop this this brand right you, this, you gotta go deep to go bigger everything right. coming out yeah. go deep to 20, go bigger 20. like we're going deep we're going deeper than what d <laughs> <laughs> yeah the deep dive is good the deep dive is good for us to be able to structure and build um Focus. Mm-hmm. All of it. Set our intentions mm-hmm. so that when we speak about the podcast, when we speak about what our purpose is, what our vision is, who we are, right? Like we got it all down because we've worked together to to build it. So I feel you, partner. Grash. Yes. Grash. Yes. Sunny gig vibes. <laughs> Sunny gig. Ah, <clears throat> uh, shit. You got to push your brother's week, Sonny. Bruh. <laughs> I say bruh a lot. Yeah, you do. Hey. I used to say dude a lot <laughs> when I was like in high school. Now it's bruh. Um, That's why we named it. That's why we named I've this going, segment. I've been, I've been going on a lot of hikes. Like I've been going out to nature trying to to get some green Word. in my world. Because living in the hood in Hayward, it's like I walk outside of the house and it's just houses and I grew up in the country. I grew up here in Mopitas. Really nice area. So, like, I grew up in, up in the hills, and I was just so used to being around the hills, and now it's like I have to go search for it. And then mm. it's kind of like with you guys, having to be intentional. Mm. Right? You can't just complain. You can't just, like, complain about stuff, but you have to be intentional about, like, your happiness. So, to me, that's been my brother. It's like, yes. Mm. Go out. Wow. Okay. Be in the green. Be in the green. Smoke chase them hills. Green. Chase some lakes. Chase some waterfalls. Whatever. Okay. You know. Well, you know, TLC said don't go chase <laughs> <some> waterfalls. <laughs> Honey, get it right, baby oh girl. Oh my gosh. Whoops. 
Listen to the rivers and the lakes that your oh, ass is used to. Okay. Yeah, By the rivers the of. <laughs> <laughs> Wait in your water, okay? <laughs> oh, shit. Bruh. What's cracking? Oh, man. Well, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to read this letter that came out about Mauna Kea. Have y'all been seeing what's, oh, yeah. what's been happening up there recently? Mm. And so I just want to use this time to share this letter, this Mauna alert that came from Pu'uhonua uh, Pu'uhuluhulu mm. to share, you know, just to, yeah. to put it out there in terms of like an update of what's going down. So I'm just going to read this letter that, that comes from the Kia'i. Um, they put out a letter that says Mauna Alert, urgent, calling all Kia'i to the Mauna. After 56 days of peacefully protecting Mauna Kea and holding off the TMT, we have received information from multiple sources that has given us reason to strongly believe that the law enforcement action to clear Pu'uhonua Opu'uhuluhulu and the Mauna Kea access road for TMT construction is imminent. Law enforcement action may begin as early as pre-dawn Monday morning and the Saddle Road Highway may be closed as early as Sunday night, locking it down and blocking Kia'i out. TMT will be meeting with the state and county officials this Sunday to coordinate their attack on peaceful and nonviolent protectors of Mauna Kea. We are asking all Kia'i Mauna to come to Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu before Sunday evening and to be prepared to stay as long as you can. We need as many people as we can get to stand in Kapu'aloha to protect Mauna Kea from further de desecration through the building of the 30-meter telescope. Kia'i coming to Mauna Kea should be prepared to camp out at Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu and should bring clothing and supplies suitable for cold weather and harsh conditions. Kia'i should also come to the Pu'uhonua with a true commitment to protect Mauna Kea in Kapu'aloha, peace, nonviolence, and respect. Our strong commitment to Kapu'aloha is the foundation of the success of this movement and our success moving forward relies on it as well. To all our Kia'i Mauna, now is the time. Mauna Kea needs you. See you on the Mauna. This letter was issued um, about 20 hours ago. And so I just wanted to share that because there's been uh, video footage released <coughs> of the law enforcement, state law enforcement, uh, tearing down. Wow. Um, a house that was built mm. for uh, <clears throat> Pu'uhuluhulu um, and them it, it's it was very striking right seeing the video because you see these bulldozers you see these uh, law enforcement all in their attire right and they're like breaking down this uh, this this home that was built um, and they're they're tearing it down. One up, one guy has a saw and he's like sawing through <clears throat> uh, the wall where the Hawaiian flag is hanging. Mm. And he, he he took 
the the saw and is like sawing through the middle of the flag wow that to cut down the wall that's symbolic that's hella symbolic right yeah. like that that is just such a high level of um it's such an inhumane act, you know what right, I'm saying? There's right. no thought, there's no care for the native Hawaiian people, right? And what was striking about the image is that they're they're they've got this whole area taped off, right? And so beyond the tape, right not beyond like too far, but just right on the other side of it is a lot of the kiai. Still chanting, still calling out the law enforcement, still being, you know, just being very verbal and uh chanting. Well, all while, as they said in the letter, upholding Kapu Aloha, right? This nonviolent, <clears throat> peaceful uh, protest to protect the Mauna. And here is the state, right? Here is fucking the pigs of the state. You know what I mean? Tearing this shit down. Like, that whole shit is it's symbolic. It's like history of, repeating right, itself. Re-traumatizing. Like Re-traumatizing even, Hawaiians. You see, you see, like, the people who are there, who are looking at this, who are in shock, right? In disbelief of, like, how the government mm-hmm. is treating their native lands, right. treating their culture, treating... that. It all connects back to them as people. To all of us, right? right. Like, I know there's so all many of us, of us who are... Um, out here uh, making sure that the attention is still there yeah 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 doing mm-hmm. demonstration speaking out about it you know shout out to all the f- all the folks out here who are doing work to make sure that bring awareness yeah right. that awareness is brought and that f- the fight <clears throat> still continues because we can do a lot here by still just talking about it talking about it I mean yeah. even you know like and and doing action right yeah, yeah. um when I was at a, a, a teach-in earlier last month, you know, the, a woman from the the Mauna Medics team came to speak to us and was just like, you think of something, do it, mm. right? Like, don't just speak about it. If you think about something, do it. And if it doesn't work, then think of something else and do it again, right? Like, we we have to, we have to do try. action. We have yeah. to try, right? And one of the investors is here in Palo Alto. There was a demonstration held there before where they, pre- where, uh, they presented, like, Shit, I don't know how many they had like hella like <clears throat> in the hundreds, thousands of uh, people who signed the petition to divest, right? And so we can do that work here in the Bay Area is protest mm-hmm. at the um the Moore Foundation. Where the money is at uh, in Palo Alto. Go after right? yeah. <clears throat> go after that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a that's a great way of supporting. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean that's my bread this week just because it's like you know, you've seen nothing but love and uh, support of so many people, PI and non-PI, come to the Mauna, offer respect uh, for this indigenous fight for native land, right? Mm. And uh, a hope of mine, and I know a hope of many, is that we don't lose focus of this fight, right? Because it was trending one moment and now it's not. Nah, this is some real shit. Let's keep talking about it. Let's stay updated. It's ongoing. Let's stay aware. Because, bruh, Sure. They're coming for us. <clears throat> ay, ay, Any ay, reflections ay. on that before we go to this break about Mauna Kea? Because, man, you know, it's a, 
I just Shh. I empathize so much for like, dude. I'm a crybaby and a giggler. <laughs> You're just in tune with your feelings and emotions. I feel everything so hard, but like it makes me cry when I think about what the people of Hawaii have been through, mm-hmm. and even with their ancestors. Like this is like they've already gone. They've already. I mean, like had everything taken away from them you know and it's like why would you want to take even more from them it's like it blows my mind that like can you guys just leave the south pacific alone like (laughs) just like don't mess with whatever you know you've already taken so much from them why why Mm. even take even more it just doesn't make sense to me yeah i think for me what i'm thinking about right now is that I get really pissed off when I hear people say, oh, I'm going to go vacation in Hawaii. I'm going to go, oh, I need time off. I'm going to go travel and go to Maui and do this and do that. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. stop going there. Right. Like, you're you're part of the problem. You're contributing to the problem, right? Like, if you care to go there so much, look at what's happening to the indigenous people. Right do something about that you know what i mean but this i don't know this kind of world we We live in we we have a glamorized like our cultures and like the countries that we're from are glamorized for tourism and they're exploited and and yeah they're being exploited but then at the end of the day it's like there's people suffering Mm -hmm. at the the expense of of you being able to of having our culture sold Mm -hmm. you know selling it you know it's crazy to think about that. And I forget who posted. I think it was um, either Dr. Rosales or Teresa, but somebody posted um, a quote from um, Dr. Hanani K. Trask. Yeah. About um, that, you know, that, you know, that we need to be like, we need to be educated, poli- you know, in the politic, in the political world. Oh yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking I, about. You remember? She instead of culture, like it had everything to do. Well, no, she's saying that our culture can't be ornamental. There, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right? right it has right, to be right. political. <clears throat> there, uh, because it's, it's because yeah. our our culture is, uh, you know, or, our, or did you post it? I mean, that's something that's just been kind of passed. Yeah, like out. that's that's a quote that a lot of folks I do remember that quote, turn though. to from uh, Dr. Hanani K. Trask is about us being um, uh, us upholding our culture all the time, right? Not right. just when it's convenient, not to turn it on and turn it off. Right. It can't be an ornament. We yeah. can't just yeah. hang it up yeah. when it's time and then take it down when it's not. Like we have to continuously be political mm-hmm. right because our mana and our everything is rooted in that right i just got goosebumps no and, and that's true like that whole that quote really moved me because it shouldn't it shouldn't take something like this for us to find it, finally you know have a stance in just like our voice you mm-hmm. know i feel like that was a I mean, we, we, we covered that when we uh, spoke about her during the Women's Month. Mm-hmm. So it was just good to just be enlightened with that little um, quote. Because, be reminded. Yeah, be reminded to know what, to know our place, to know how to survive. You know, like, she just teaches us a 
just a whole new, just to view life from a whole different lens, you know. Just to she's be, completely radical. She is a insanely radical. radical. Yeah, she is radical. insanely radical. Well, I mean, what do you mean? Like she's, I feel like radical? she's. You mean like hella? Hella, yeah, okay. like not crazy. In, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, like hella radical, like yeah. And she's because she's out. She in her in her um in her in many of her speeches in many of her. Uh, fights and her activism, she calls out she does to not the Hawaiian people. Sugarcoat anything. She's part, like, we're not American. Part. We are not yeah, American. We, not, we will yeah. never be American. And stop saying you're American. You yeah. know, like you know, she's she's like educating her community. I had this conversation how, with an Uber driver because he's from Afghanistan, and we're talking about like he was like, oh, I don't know where Polynesia is, and I talked about Hawaii, and he was like, oh, is Hawaii like part of the the states and i was and i was like hawaii is not america not not a part of america like mm-hmm. it was illegally it was stolen. illegally stolen and he was like i never knew that and he was like you know what i totally relate to that because of i'm from afghanistan not it's, illegally stolen <laughs> <laughs> when it's if it's stolen then it's illegal it's you illegally stole, occupied you a thief that's all <laughs> stolen land illegally occupied yeah. i mean people don't know about yeah but he was totally oblivious to right. And it's interesting having those conversations because they they do look at Hawaii and like all the islands as oh a tour like you know yeah, tourism because that's like, that's a place to go on vacation. But I actually like you know talk to him about mm-hmm. the stuff that you know like West Papua like there's so many things in the South Pacific that we're going through as one people one ocean one love. And he was like he like he got woke. Basically, but it, it's like <laughs> he learns something new. Yeah. I'm yeah. learns him. He got a, re- he got a revelation. Like, yeah. I mean, moments like that are are teachable moments, right? Because yeah. yeah. so many folks don't know, right? And I know that I'm always the the negative Nancy in the room, especially at work when people talk about vacationing and they talk about going to Hawaii. I'm like, y'all should not go there. <laughs> and, and here's why. Let me tell you. You know. <laughs> What, what you what you should and then uh, they're like oh I'm gonna go to Bali Indonesia and I'm like you shouldn't go there either <laughs> right you should not go to Indonesia also let's think about how we contribute to oppressive <laughs> systems <laughs> ah fuck it goes down but yeah uh, that was Oof. bruh <laughs> I'm like bruh this whole this whole entire show for real hey y'all we're gonna take a quick break tap in with these announcements and we'll be right back san francisco tap in tuesday september 24th this new film moana nuya kea one ocean one people one canoe a film about our responsibility to future generations and our young people the continuation of indigenous practices and traditions and our desire to create a world based on love connection and hope Tap in with this bit.ly, bit.ly, backslash, FTQ, Moana Nui Akea, to get your tickets. Tickets are free, but we encourage you to make whatever donation you can. All money from ticket sales will be donations that go directly to indigenous-led organizations on the island and on the West Coast, working to defend and protect Malama Honua. All right, y'all, we're back for our ICUs. 
What's up, Paula? Yeah. You got an ICU this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ICU this week goes to DJ Sam Tiger. Hey. Nobody wants to give up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> DJ Sam Tiger <laughs> is, um, you know, he's he's the Bay Area fob bar DJ. He's um, he's my he's he's one of my favorite DJs because um, he's he I, he's he put me on a lot of platforms. So I'm grateful for him. Um, but he's done a lot of work out here in the Bay Area. He's done a lot of work even in Australia, New Zealand, right? I, Vegas. I, I think I saw him travel, mm. yeah, like in New Zealand. Donga. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's been somewhere. He's been Hawaii. So this dude gets around, and he he's always branding himself as Fabar. Like every time he's performing, come out wherever he DJs, it's called the Fabar. Fearless. Like, he's becomes- a fearless fob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is proud to be a fob. Like he's, that's awesome. I love it. Like he carried. Yeah. I think he's trying to reinvent that word. I don't know if it's reclaim that. Re, shit. Yeah, he's yeah. reclaiming it. There you go. But I don't know if you can reclaim it. But he's doing it, and he's doing a great job at it because he's like a cool fob right now. <laughs> all fobs are it. all fobs are cool. I love fobs are cool. Remember where you Cute came from. Cool. <laughs> yes. Uh. So uh, what 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 makes you a fob? I don't even know. So you Just, know. You know what it stands for, right? <laughs> yeah, fresh off the boat. Yeah. But like, so it, I what mean, if your English is hella good and you're fresh off the boat? Does it make you a fop? So I, I know that the um, the intention behind it is to make fun of people whose English is oh, bad okay. or broken, mm-hmm. right? Or like even... Or they're not Americanized. They're not Americanized, essentially, yeah. right? They ha- they're not assimilated. They don't know the quote unquote cool. right way, right? right? Okay. Um, but a, a friend or somebody that I was talking to one time, like flipped it on me and really shit put me in my place as somebody who has, who exists here in the diaspora. Right. right. Um, as like, why should I, why am I a fob though? Because I know my culture, because I know my language. Right. Like if exactly. anything, y'all should be, uh, y'all should be ashamed of yourself. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> y'all should be calling Shame yourself them. something. Cause you over here making fun of. Me and my English Your or roots. whatnot, but you're right. like people that are like yeah. living, yeah, living right. it, you know. So it's a derogatory term, but you know, there's this whole. Uh, I, I do like re- that about DJs reclaiming yeah. of it, right? He's, he's so he's he just re- like, totally reclaimed that. He is, yeah, he's so himself, like mm-hmm. because and also too. This shout out to all the immigrants, like people. Word, basically, I want to shout out to them too because it's like. Don't feel ashamed if you don't have an American accent. Like, <laughs> don't, if your English you don't have is bad, to. Right. Yeah, you do not have to adapt. And one thing good about um, DJ Sam is that he's he just grinds. He grinds hella hard. Like he's, For real? Yeah, he's always like he's looking always and networking and putting shows. And he puts in a lot of work as far as like um, promoting. But he also works like a full time job. Wait, and how does he do that? <laughs> I don't know. He like he's never sleeping and he's just constantly working. He's I love his work ethics. I love that every like I see that he's hardly sleeping, but yeah, he's always like a bottle of energy every time we hang out. It's like, bruh, hmm. you need some sleep, bruh. <laughs> like, I'm gonna pray for him. That Get makes, some rest. That makes me think about <laughs> ways in which I out. used to stay up <laughs> for days in I, and I know days where your out. Mind went. Anyhow, let's bring it back to that, DJ that's Sam. That's how we drink it forever, never, never, never. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to DJ Sam. I see you. I love uh, the work that you're doing out there for the for our people and for the. He's constantly putting people on platforms mm-hmm. and just putting. He's he's always looking for new artists to get to expose, and I just really love how he's just for the people and for the cultures. So DJ Sam, I just want to say I see you. 
And I got a, I got an ICU. You got an ICU too. Who? Shout out. Who you seeing? Shout out to this girl I'm seeing across you the see, ocean. No. <laughs> You're seeing someone across the ocean? No. no. Oh, okay. But I see her. This is ICU, oh, right? Oh, okay. That's just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shout out to Myla. Uh, she's a singer, songwriter, vocalist, badass, hilarious, ball of energy. You can look her up on um, Instagram. Her um, her handle is Myla Soul. It's M A I L E S O U L. And I just I love her energy, dude. Cause it's like she's not she's an artist and she she sings she gigs a lot too. Like she sings backup for Johnny Sweet and all that. But I don't even follow Johnny Sweet. Myla, I follow you. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. She be in the studio with Make all these clear. like you know all these big names and whatever. But <laughs> but I see her. Okay. okay. She's hilarious, and I just appreciate her energy, and I appreciate that she's so authentic and genuine, like with herself. Yeah. And I try to, I try to, it's not that I try to be that way, but I feel like I'm a vulnerable person when it comes to social media. I'm like always, I'm an open book. Yeah. And then that's how I relate to her too, is I identify with, her openness, her yes. hilarity. <laughs> hilarity. <laughs> she just put up this video about. <laughs> she put like this gigs. That she gigs. It's about skinking. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like looking at this video, and she's like speaking in an accent, and it's like this historical video of how she started skanking or whatever. And I think she's Tongan, so like I think she's mixed also. So it's like so cool to see her like. Be herself. Yeah. Be hilarious. So thank you for making me laugh, Myla. <laughs> All of us, not just me. Like, you know, your followers. Nice. So with Myla, I see you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Myla, I see you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's dope because I think uh, she just subscribed to us. Um, yeah, I tweeted. You, I tweeted you were tweeting her, about yeah about the, the podcast. podcast. Right Thank on. you for putting her on. And then yeah. she and then she started following. So I just I was like, might as well she, do a she, shout out. She shout. Uh, she gave us a shout out, and then she had like this really thought provoking conversation on her uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I forgot what it was about specifically. She listened to an episode and was just uh, taken back by the the conversation. I think it was about awareness right. about us as. Uh, Pacific Islanders yeah and I, I yeah I think she was addressing like um, Bex's boy over there Charlemagne the God about how like he didn't know ab- about Polynesians or who Samoans were or whatnot. Mm-hmm. and then she she did the investigative work of like going she found the she found the um, what's that comedian's name again something Handler the white woman Chelsea Chelsea yeah. Handler oh she found that interview uh, uh, when she was on the... Something about Samoan? The Breakfast, or, yeah, uh, the breakfast she, Club. Yeah. And she was talking about, yeah, she hired some Samoan contractors and just basically shitted on uh, Samoans, uh, not knowing how to uh, 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 do construction. It was uh, like, uh, actually, yeah. lady, right? Samoans are well known for their architectural skills from the shit that they, you know, built. Right. Back in the day. Back in the day. How we constructed our fales and mm, all the different yeah. types of fales. So she I mean she um she pulled that shit up and she put it on her on her story and then she just went Dude, to town and see, had a conversation. I, that's I was what like, I love that's about what her. this is about. 
she goes to town and she also she's just so real like yeah she talks dope. about shit and then she also makes you laugh and then she sings and has a beautiful voice also it's like hey. it's freaking amazing <laughs> Yeah, shout out to both of y'all ICUs for this week. Yes. We're going to go to another announcement, y'all, and we'll be right back. Oakland, Okalani, tap in with this new film, Moana Nui Akea. One ocean, one people, one canoe. Wednesday, September 25th at 6 p.m. A film about our responsibility to future generations and our young people, the continuation of indigenous practices and traditions, and our desire to create a world based on love, connection, and hope. Tap in with this bit.ly, bit.ly backslash FTQ Moana Nui Akea to get your tickets. Tickets are free, but we encourage you to make whatever donation you can. All money from ticket sales will be donations that go directly to indigenous led organizations on the island and on the west coast, working to defend and protect Malama Honua. All right, y'all. We are going to hop into our Chop It Up section with the lovely Sane Giggs. We're excited to um, chop it up about you and get to know you. So um, t- let's talk about your music real quick, Sane, and how long you've been doing it. Just even your music journey and where it started. Um, I think my music journey has started, like, for a lot of people in church. So, like, I grew up in church, and that's my first time my you know exposure to music and also I was a band geek I was in theater so I always had this passion for the arts but I didn't see myself as like a performer like in the front you know Mm -hmm. until like I had my my spiritual awakening where like God told me he was like you're gonna groove people and I was like what I like that. You're going to groove people. You're going to put people in the groove. <laughs> I was like, but God, groove me first. So, <laughs> so he like, he really, he, I got touched by God, like his love for me. And I just wanted to share that love with everybody. Mm. How old were you? I was 18 at the time. So mm. I just like. So young. And when you say I got touched by God, what does that mean? My soul started to glow like Mm. (laughs) i literally lost like 40 pounds like i was really heavy back then and i lost 40 pounds i was just so happy like i walked home every day i I lived like five miles away from the high school i walked uphill i was like i was just so full of happiness and joy Mm. and it translated to me starting to write music and everything and then i went to seminary and i had thought you know i had thought that i was gonna um become a minister and all this stuff but when i graduated i realized you know this love can't be put in a box you know it's like yeah i gotta i gotta go out there and i wanted and i felt like my place is to be an entertainer mm-hmm. you know to share with the world yeah to share with the world and you, you were raised methodist yeah i was raised methodist my parents are pastors my mom's a pastor right now okay a fijian Elder. congregation yeah nice. so and she's Tongan, so she's another very unique person. <laughs> a Tongan woman pastoring a Fijian congregation. Hey, I think it's it, it, it in language or is it in yeah, English? Yeah, she speaks Fijian like fluently. That's so dope. So So you you had this encounter, mm-hmm. you were touched by God, you felt compelled to go to seminary. Yeah. And the seminary is a Bible college. Right. Assemblies of God, a Christian Bible college. Yeah, it was it was a um Assemblies of God 
Y'all went to college together. Yeah, right? yeah, Bible yeah. We, yeah, we went through a lot. But <laughs> I, I say all this because Methodist um, pr- values, beliefs, and everything it's a very, so it's very a different, different from Assemblies of God. Like these are denominations that we're yeah. entering uh-huh. into. So uh, um, I know when Sani came into this Bible college, she was kind of freaking out because they were um, they're heavy in speaking in tongues. It was more holy, charismatic, yeah. like dramatic. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I was Carried used to dramatic. just like opening the hymns. And like la, like very conservative, <laughs> <laughs> like very reserved in the Methodist Church, right? And whereas like the Pentecostal AOG, touch people yeah. are falling out. I'm like, what? what or blowing going? in your face? I'm like, can you stop blowing my face? I'm like, is this is are these like a, is this a group of diverse folks? Because the AOG church that I I grew up in different churches too. But mm-hmm. the primary one was AOG because that's what my grandfather passed for, mm. and we um, he passed for the Good Samaritan Church, and so we did a lot oh, of the okay. um, singing and yeah. worshiping Worship in that bands sense, and but not necessarily like this speaking in tongues and falling out type of thing. Oh, see, there were elements of it, but I didn't really experience that kind of speaking in tongues stuff until was... like um, Great Life. Mm. Oh, because you know, like folks would be uh, praying and speaking at time. Like, what you doing, bro? <laughs> like, I'm a, okay, it's foreign to you. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a very uh, ex- excruciating three years of my life. Meaning that, like, it was physical, literally physical, labor. like, be, yeah, physical labor, being trying to be an evangelist and trying to be in the streets and share the gospel. And, and it almost felt like I was trying to reach a quota, mm. which was so fake oh, to okay. me. Yeah. Sure. And it's about numbers, about numbers and about just all this bullshit. Huh? It's yeah, just yeah. like, Same. so by the time I graduate, I'm like, dude, this is not, mm, nope. That's what's up. You Speak you, on you it. You didn't feel a sense of like, like um where you weren't satisfied you didn't feel complete what what did you i felt i felt i just i felt like a worker like i feel like ministry shouldn't be something that is a is like being how do you say this I it just, sounds cap like a cap it, it sounds, sounds capitalistic right because yeah. it's like we need to convert these many people we need these many people to be at the outreach. And I'm like, the outreach is an outreach. You're supposed to just be Reach out, out there. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out and touch. Like, just like. And then I was over here like, we're, we're, out, we're out here in the streets and we're doing all this stuff. But to me, at the, like, by the end of, by the time I graduated, I felt like, I felt like God was calling me to love the world. Mm. Like, and it wasn't- love everybody. <laughs> like everyone why were they uh encouraging you not to love everybody <laughs> and everyone was we there was there limitations people to the love not, that was extended what there was limitations because people weren't living their truth that's true because we're this is for the I cultures was right i was one but of like, for the cultures yes. you know yeah but there's people that weren't living their truth because if they did they, they would, would be, get kicked out they would be dismissed you know, they oh, like what happened to Bex? Yeah, 
Kind of. I, I, the cancel culture came fu- <laughs> fell upon they can- me. Okay, they canceled you out, bitch. <laughs> but not at that school. That school didn't cancel me. But they did cancel somebody who came out, mm. who got exposed, mm. and he got that came too. out as gay. gay. Yeah. Mm. See that? That to me was nasty. That's why a bitch had to keep it quiet. <laughs> I was like, I need my degree. <laughs> Gotta keep Baby it under girl. the pillow, okay? Baby girl, I need my I degree. Pull myself together. <laughs> let me let me keep it on the low, but give me my degree first. Like, then I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, it just felt really like, it felt toxic to me. And I was like, this is not how God touched my life, dude. God touched my life. Hallelujah. And I'm just here to love everybody. I don't care if you're gay, you trans, you whatever. Right. Like, I'm here to love on humanity. Like, that's, that's my right. job. Like, that's that's what I feel. And it was, it was crazy because then I realized I'm not going to be a minister. I'm going to be an entertainer. And I'm just going to... But is it can't entertainment like, be your ministry? Yeah. Can't your music like be your ministry? ministry? I feel like your life is your ministry, your legacy. Okay. Your okay. legacy. Like, the legacy you leave behind is the life that you're living right now. Like, so... Come on, Pastor. Come, <laughs> Come on, Pastor. <laughs> Do you feel like you have to closet your your faith, your spirituality when you, when you sit in certain spaces? Oh, Yeah. Because, but it's not, it's not, wait, I don't, I don't think I I do. Yeah. I don't think I do that, but I do sense I, I'm I because well, you put I yourself out you put yourself out there I do you're, you're drinking yeah. you're out there and I'm be- out there drinking and I'm out there loving Jesus <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's okay like, and we're here for it and we're here for it <laughs> Jesus turn water and wine what? <laughs> but yeah so I I feel like um I don't closet that or I don't hide that part of me but I do feel like I could be too much for people, some people, they'd be mm-hmm. like, this girl is just too, too. She extra. <laughs> she extra, extra. Like, she's happy or she's like super like reading me or like she's, she's like trying, she's exhorting me too much or I don't know. But like, I have this like tendency to like try to encourage people that I'm around with and have like deep conversations. I think that's the Gemini in me. Mm. I just love having conversations with people. Mm. Yeah, like, Gemini's talk a lot (laughs) (laughs) so like (laughs) but i do i do try to like filter or try to like know who the audience is like who Mm -hmm. who's around me yeah you're mindful mindful i'm mindful of people because i'm not gonna just like because you know what you stand for right what you what you love and what you believe in Mm -hmm. um has that has been um weaponized Mm -hmm. to hurt people yeah and bring them down, yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, like the uh, the queer community, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks have different feels about um, religion, organized religion, right. faith. But I, I feel like that's why it's such a important conversation to have, especially with Bex's uh, compelling story, right? About like having, mm-hmm. like being rooted in church mm-hmm. and Bible college and from, you know, Pastor Bex and right. all this to you know trigger warning trigger yeah sorry to <laughs> yeah. trigger no, your no. partner but no, like no, no. you know to then um living tr- her truth li- trying to live her truth yeah. being exposed being treated mm. ungodly like right right mm-hmm. by being dismissed and canceled out and removed like that that realm or that element has definitely harmed a lot of folks and it's very sensitive but not impossible to yeah. connect with. Right. Yeah. And so what I hear is that you're an ally. 
yes no like i love you guys i i have so many queer friends it's it's hard to escape the queer community for me (laughs) like literally because like a lot of my friends are queer and i love them and i wouldn't want to like change them and it's they're amazing well like you know and I, i i always try to be mindful of like when when um elements or when conversations like that are brought up and folks say oh i can't be racist i have black friends right or i can't i can't be homophobic i have gay friends oh you're so yeah right? you are so right so about that though. and not to say that that's yeah. you or that's the boat you're in but to push the question a little further and ask you like what does your allyship um look like with for the lgbt community in the in the thinking of that you know you're rooted in your spirituality and your faith and mm-hmm. your love for uh, Jesus and, and God and whatnot. So how does your allyship um, look like in action? In action. Mm-hmm. I think that's a call and challenge to me to put it into action. Oh. Mm. So, cause I don't feel like I've actually done something like made an action. I know that, or I, I know that I'm like in a community of people that are queer, mm-hmm. but I mean, I talk a lot about it. I'm vocal about it on social media. I mean, like, that's my way of telling people, like... That's the action right there. Yeah. that's. Yeah. But, like, I haven't, like, you know... I don't think you have to be out there on the streets, <laughs> you know, marching, <laughs> right? Like, the action looks very... It can look very differently, right? Right, could, right. We all know things start at home, right? I think for me, it's having that conversation, um, talking about it, being open. People know. They know that I support the queer community and I support LGBT. Yeah. I'm very vocal about it. And also with my family, I have family members that came out and mm. also like talking to my mom and dismantling her. Oh, wow. Her whole like thought process when it came to homosexuality and like that's her. Awesome. That, that's it right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? And you said your mom's a pastor, right? Yeah, she's a pastor. And so like even for her, it was it was something that. It was a journey for her. Mm, yeah, it took some work. Huh? <laughs> yeah, to come in, uh, to come that's to an understanding. Up. So that's, that's what your awesome. allyship looks like. Yes. Thank you, Sonny. You were intimidating me. At, at, oh, was I? In the beginning, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's you calling <laughs> me out, bro. <laughs> you calling me? <laughs> nah, never that. <laughs> Thank you, though. You know, like that's the important work, right? Because of what the church represents. Yeah. Of, you know, just feeling powerful. like we'll never be accepted or acknowledged. Because I know that when I'm surrounded by folks from the faith and there's these conversations about queerness and gayness and just yeah. the yeah, whole LGBT even our elders, community. Yeah, our elders too. Like Some folks, you know, are, are very accepting and very open. And that's uh, just like mind-blowing to me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, really? Oh, wow. You know, I didn't yeah. think that you would... Like one time, Bex was Bex, one time Bex thought that my mom didn't know she was queer, mm. and I told my mom I was like, she knows. <laughs> like I'm really open with her. Like I, she knows about my friends and like I have all these queer friends I and love stuff. Her. Like so she, she knows about you guys. Mm. I love her. So I even told her about this podcast, but like, she, <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, <sure. laughs> I don't think she's gonna listen to it. That's but, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So. so you've been doing music for how many years? So after I graduated 2011, I actually went on X Factor. Mm. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> um, it was very interesting. Um, the way that they portrayed me on TV, they made me look like a joke. But um, How'd that hit you? 
So did you know that they, they were going to sh- make no. you well, I, look like that? Well, you, you sign a thing or whatever. I don't even know if I was supposed to say they made me look like a joke, but it's okay, X Factor. Like, I'm not I'm not mad at you guys. Right. But um, You've been forgiven. Yeah, you've been forgiven. Right, it's Sunday. But you can be canceled. But tomorrow's going to be Monday. <laughs> 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 this show got canceled. <laughs> After oh, my uh, season. Uh, yeah, yeah Modi. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I, Mata Usi. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! That's that's not a word for tongue and Lord, help us, Lord. But it's so crazy because I was um all they showed of my audition was me entering the stage, and okay, I took a lot of influence from drag because I oh from drag culture yeah drag culture so I was camp as fuck like oh yeah i had like an island of flowers on my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> oh god you were lady flowers <laughs> literally your auntie before, you were your auntie before lady flowers who told you to do that <laughs> <laughs> and then you know lady gaga was you know popping at the time so i was like dude i'm gonna like walk out there looking like an island <laughs> bruh <laughs> <Like> flowers <laughs> so like my mom showed me this and costume or whatever and I walk on stage and I was like what's up (laughs) and it's dead silent the crowd is white as fuck (laughs) 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 it was like uh... Britney Spears is like staring at me and she's like mugging me and like Demi Lovato's looking at me all like the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is this girl on her shoulders? <laughs> but yeah, so that's all they showed on TV. Oh, oh that's it. The that's... entrance. They didn't show my audition. So I went, I did go to boot camp. I did have a good audition. Like, I sang, like, Bob Marley Stir It Up. So, you know. And then um, they flew us out to Miami. And I meet Dinah Jane there. Oh, oh shit! You were on on that season. Yeah. Oh shit! How was that? That was uh before. She, oh no, she had already. Did no, they get this paired? is way before. Uh, yeah, this is when she got paired up with Fifth Harmony. Oh shit! Okay. I met all of. I met all of them. You met all of them. All you of you them. know uh, what's her name? Havana. Unana. Yeah, Camilla. Camilla. Camilla comes up to me and she's like, "You know, Simon was smiling when you were performing, like." That's the one encounter I had with Camilla. And now I can't even escape her music on the radio. It's like, na, 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 everywhere. You can't be like, hey, Camilla, remember <laughs> me? Put me on, girl, put me on. But it was so funny because, like, uh, Dinah Jane, she's so young. She was 14. They thought I was 14. How they thought that at- we were the same age, but oh I was 23. Well, you know what's crazy I was 23 when I auditioned, and she was 14. And Dinah they- was always mistaken for being older than she was because she was performing at the clubs and shit around the era when I, was, she when I first like got out there member. to L.A. And, yeah. you know, the um, the manager at the time that she was working with had her performing. Yeah. And I was like, this little-ass girl here. But she was holding my hand, and she was hella nervous that she wasn't going to make it. And I look at her, and I'm like, dude, they're eliminating me, Okay. They're not eliminating you because you are what they're looking for. They're not looking for me. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> like, I am not normal. I'm like, you know, we love that out you're, of this world. Am, we love that you're out of this world and not normal. <laughs> Fuck normality. I was like, F you. Like, I don't I'm not going to change. They can't groom me or like do whatever they want to me. I'm just like uh-huh. myself, like 3000. But. 
That's what's up. You spoke that to Dinah Jane? Yeah, and I told her, I was like, no, you're going to make it. Yeah. And it actually happens. And then when I got eliminated, Simon was like, you know, don't let this elimination stop you from doing what you're doing. That's what's up. I just took that as like motivation. He said, don't stop. Right. What you're doing. Right on, <clears throat> Simon. And then, <laughs> and then after that, I went to a J-Book concert, flew back, went to a J-Book concert in Sacramento. And oh, the crazy thing too, Latasha Lee was also Oh uh, shit! Oh yeah, that's on the right. Same season as me. I remember because they made her look like a bully. Uh, the, the yeah, the bully, the yeah. jealous older woman who yeah. was mad that some girl was singing the same. I forgot. Yeah, the the same song or whatever. But it's so crazy because we end up doing a concert together, making full circle. Hey, did she remember out. you? Yeah, she remembered me, and I flew her out here. That was, it was like in 2015 that Bruh, we did a show together. You know, our community loves Latasha Lee. I know. She like popped off that summer yeah. after X Factor. Yep. It was that year. that. So it's like, it's so crazy I seeing. Will walk right. <laughs> through the fire. But yeah, it was after that experience, and I took what Simon Cowell said, and I started networking. Oh, I was at every concert. I was walking up to mm. tour buses by myself. Yes. Being fearless, being like, God loves me, and like, I will do anything. I will, I don't care who you are, promoter, manager. I'm going to introduce myself. Super enthusiastic. I met Jay Boog and I met his manager and he was just like giving me wisdom, like totally nice. schooling me about like the music business. That's Wash House, you know, right? Wash House, yeah. Thank you, Wash House. Like That's what's up. Cause to me, all everything that I learned from that conversation and like seeing them over the years and seeing how they like prospered and stuff, mm -hmm. to me, everybody's journey as an artist is like so different, you know? Yeah. And I don't I'm not chasing after what everybody else accolades has. accolades yeah. and all this shit it's not it's right. not but for me i'm so grateful for like the people that stop to talk to me and give me wisdom and so i big ups boom bang like wash house mm. they really they really gave me some some knowledge yeah and that's when i started the band and i started gigging started opening up for a lot of reggae acts it right. Was, it was Who was that time. that you opened up? Because I'm gonna uh, hear those names again. Barrington Levy, Yellow Man, Barrington Levy, Morgan Heritage, Damn. Sister Carol, Sister. Wow. Yeah. So like, yeah. And you're about to open up for Donna Marie. Yeah. That A lot of the so Jamaican. Dope. Oh, and yeah. Glenn Washington. Oh. Hey. Yeah. So Ooh. it's crazy being a reggae head and a punk rock head when I was like a teenager, and then actually like opening up for like. <laughs> some people. reggae idols icons yeah, right the reggae, major hitters i was like going to concerts as a in my youth like yeah. skanking and i was so in love with like the music and to like turn that into an experience of me being on stage to right. share that space right. with these reggae icons is such a blessing to me i feel so blessed it's mm. a gift your gifts yeah i thought um, i think that's really interesting the whole part about you uh, being in the punk scene too what was that what's that like or what was that like at your when, when you were younger so like i'm a very eclectic person because i feel like i've i've been surrounded by so many different people growing up like i was around the punk rock kids the skaters 
the LGBT also. Mm. I had queer friends when I was in high school, so I was just and diverse people too, like people of color. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, because a lot of times when I was a teenager, you know, uh, being PI, being Polynesian, it was kind of interesting because the scenes that I were was in, like people would look at me and they're like, you know. Are you trying to be white or what? Mm, like, yeah, like, you're a weirdo. <laughs> you're a weirdo going to hardcore shows and like punk rock shows and all that stuff. But I was I also loved reggae, uh-huh. so I was at the yeah. reggae concerts too. Like I was. I, eclectic I call, as fuck, huh? Eclectic as fuck. I call <laughs> myself a floater. Like okay. I float around. Float, <laughs> float on. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. That's, wow. what's That's what's Were up. Were you ever a part of any mosh pits or anything like that? Yeah, I was moshing. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one, I wasn't only the only Polynesian, but like I was the only girl like in the mosh pit. <laughs> That's wow. What's that experience like? <laughs> What you? Were you were you trying to like <laughs> run people over? No, it's all love. Like people don't understand like the mosh pit is is super it's aggressive, but mm-hmm. it's also like aggressiveness with love. You fall, people pick you back up right away. Mm. It's not a stampede. Like people are not out there I to stomp on stampede. your head. <laughs> Made me think of the damn scene from Lion King. <laughs> you are not Mufasa like you are not going to be run over (laughs) oh god (laughs) I'm dead (laughs) but I I I have such a love for music period like alternative rock punk rock hip hop reggae like all of it attributed to me as an artist now and even when I had my band like we were we went hard like like Sorry to all you other ladies, but I don't know. Like, we threw down. <laughs> we had the guitar solos. I was headbanging on stage. Like, oh, I wasn't just skanking. Okay, it was, it was really. It hard. was all of it. Remix. It was a remix. It was alternative rock, reggae, doo-wop. It was all of it. It was all of me. It was. It was some exciting times. Um, how was it working with those reggae icons? Did you get to like chop it up with them beforehand or anything like that? Like, were you uh, received? Them. that's that's another thing in of itself is that like i do look at jamaicans like we polynesians kind of adopted oh yeah <laughs> their genre right so to me the my experience with like the the reggae icons was they they know they know that they've earned our respects like kind of like acknowledging them mm-hmm. they they know that they they know that our music is uh rooted in rooted in, in them so it, it's, it's it's yeah because i don't even want to say that they're elitist i would just, but i do want to say that that they know the i'm sorry that I'm we blank. respect them they're icons uh-huh. so they act like icons like they 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 know the work that they've done they know that they that they're important and it's almost like i almost feel like when i was around them they were like royalty Mm. Mm. so to me yeah yeah. so to me it wasn't the way that they treated me but it was like there was there was an aura about them Mm. that's what's up a respect like for them that i had but i'm super excited to open for donna marie next month it's gonna be a bunch of 
That's super sick. A bunch of artists doing crazy work. Yeah. Do you have any features coming up? Any local features? Well, like, is there like a a dream feature that you want? My dream feature for sure is Fiji. Mm. And my sister and I, we did promote a show in Utah and. And I did get to talk to him. So we'll see. We'll Let's see what happens. Let's speak that into existence. Yeah. Gotta know? speak it into existence. But there's ways in which to, you know, get that. Yeah. But get that to happen. Yeah, he's he's the he's the one. He's helped start so many careers. Yeah. J Buzz, Sammy J, all of y'all. Definitely a trailblazer. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Nice. There's a a song that I recently heard you sing. Mm. Uh, titled Sisterhood <laughs> and you shared with uh, those who were in a, uh, in attendance at that time at that jam session that um, what what inspired you to write that song so could you could you share with us about Sisterhood Sisterhood <clears throat> Sisterhood it's on sound it's on my SoundCloud Lady Sana. Um I just went through a breakup this year so like before the summer started and I reconnected with Bex like a month ago and then I was around these amazing women who also happened to be queer. Mm. And and it was just such a healing moment just to be around women, to feel that sisterhood. Right. Because I felt like I was so invested in a relationship and like it was just awesome to be empowered by other women, my peers, you know. That's dope. And just from hanging out with them, I like, I wrote this song in one sitting, like, it, and I wrote it and sang it, like, it just came to me. <laughs> but I've noticed that when I'm, like, super happy, that's when I, I tend to write from a place of joy. Nice. My heart has been broken
That song and just want I, I would love the backstory behind it because I what I think it illustrates is that you know you you go through experiences and you just instantly take it to you know you put the pen to paper mm-hmm. and then yeah. from that you you know you create gifts right because right. I feel like I mean I don't know I feel like as a brother I could feel what sisterhood is like yeah. you know I really felt the song and. And I thought it was really dope. And so then for you to explain it, you know, the... the and sometimes uh, we, we experience such amazing moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like making a souvenir yeah. out of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a keepsake for me. Like writing the song just like totally like... Now I look back at the song and, I, and I'm with my friends. And I'm like, dude... This is this is our song. This is our song, dude. <laughs> I wrote it, bitches. Bitch. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, thank you, Sane, so much for yeah. coming, pulling up, and joining us in conversation. I know we tried to get you in like a few, I think a few months back, right? And then a few weeks, and then we had it finally happened. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to be exposed to your music and even to what you're doing and to your heart, like just for reaching out to our people. You are definitely a crazy, no, not a crazy radical. And you're just a radical radical. You're just a radical in every way, like in your personality, in the way you sing, in the way you um, preach, in the way you just in, in every aspect in your life, you're like a radical. I've never seen you kind of be lesser than that. And I really appreciated you. Thank and you so, so much. Student body president. I know. She's a You were student body president groover. first. <laughs> what else? Uh, activist. She got the Polynesian Panther shirt on. Okay. <laughs> you are definitely an ally that we just discovered. Yes. Is there any is there any big issue that you wanted to 
throw out there in the sea before we start to I just, take the plane down? I just, I want to buzz. I definitely want us to land the plane. Mm-hmm. So, but I do, I just want to send out a prayer and acknowledgement for the women in Fiji mm. that have been dying from dying at the hands of domestic violence. I just want to send a prayer out. And for anybody listening, um, we don't have to like dive deep into it, but just keep these women in your prayers and your thoughts. There's a lot going on. And my heart goes out to Fiji. Yeah, You know, being Fijian and Tongan, there's, you know. Right. I mean, um, just for the sake of folks who may not know what's going on, mm-hmm. um, can you let us know what's happening? Um, there's been deaths in Fiji. Mm-hmm. Uh, women that have been murdered by either their boyfriends or their husbands, leaving behind children. There was a pregnant woman that was murdered. Mm. Um, a few weeks back, right? Yeah, a few weeks back. And it's yeah. it's um, a mutual friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Her family has been going through a lot. And yeah, it's 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 really heavy. It's it's sad, and um, I really just want to acknowledge yeah. the Fijian community mm-hmm. and send my love out there, and hopefully figure out a way that we can connect and bring awareness to <clears throat> to that. Right, definitely. to the domestic violence. Yeah, you definitely keep that that in prayer. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that, Sunny. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I actually just, um, because you brought that up, I wanted to share the resource. Uh, there's a mm. National Domestic Violence Hotline mm-hmm. number. If you all are experiencing any form of domestic violence, please reach out um, to this hotline. The number is 1-800-799-7233. And I know there's a lot of resources out there for uh, folks in domestic violence situations right. and cases. Um, and thank you for bringing that up. It makes me think about um, a TED talk that I seen by a Fijian man. Right. Jope. Um, am I saying that right? J O P E. Jope. Yeah, Jope Tarai, who speaks about being a better Fijian man. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I feel like definitely going to share that link and then yeah, in the share show notes. That. Yeah, definitely share that link. I feel there's a lot of work to do with these men. You know, not just not the vic- not just the victims, but we need to educate our young boys. They need to listen to Jope's TED Talk. They yeah. need to be under the instruction of these men, men that like are, that, men mm-hmm. like that, that are sharing the message of how to be a better man. You know, you make me think about this um, episode I recently heard on the Healing Justice podcast. I love it by a man. Uh, oh man, this man. First of all, shout out to this man I'm about to talk about. His name is Iraq Oroyo um, Montaña. Please forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, bro. But um, he was on the Healing Justice podcast and talked about tender masculinity. Mm. And I flipped out because, you know, we're always talking about toxic masculinity, right? right? And how patriarchy and all the the shit that um, it contributes to, right? right? Especially toxic masculinity, in relation to like uh, queerness, mm-hmm. queer identity, especially being people of color, yeah, yeah, and how um, it all impacts us. But to see this f- this phrase, right, tender masculinity, it hella mooed me. And it's a lot of it, the conversation is a lot of uh, 
about what you're talking about, right? A lot of this internal work, mm-hmm. a lot of the work to dismantle yeah. patriarchy and misogyny. Tender, tender masculinity. It's I, the complete opposite of to- toxic masculinity. Right? I just think of my father when I hear that. Mm. Mm. I think of, you know what I, you know what I thought of actually you know to be honest is I thought of myself at a young age right that too being a completely innocent being right. tender probably very uh, sensitive there's a child in all of us and yeah. and and I remember too you know just being very like effeminate mm-hmm. and um, being corrected mm. all the time don't don't walk like that don't do this. don't talk like yeah. that don't sit like that don't move. you know just all of this like corrective behavior. Mm. And all of that correctiveness was the toxicity towards my tenderness, right? As right. a as a, um, a young boy, and I just recently saw um, good. I actually saw it yesterday. The film Good Boys. Oh. If you haven't seen it yet, go out and see it because there's so many elements in um, in in the film and in the storyline that uh, I didn't realize would come up for me. Right? I thought this was going to be one of those funny movies that's just you don't you don't, you don't identify anything think, yeah you don't like have to stupid. think about yeah, it's yeah stupid but there's so many elements there's this uh you know one of the young kids in there he's very feminine but he's never called out on it once in the movie right oh wow he's allowed to be he's himself. allowed to be him. that's dope and then there's that's this dope. there's this um there's this uh what you call it there's this theme around them talking about consent Mm. right and like they're young boys and they're talking about consent that's so good because they're gonna go to like some kissing party right and so just making sure that consent is like (laughs) prominent and i'm like this is fucking genius because it's these little kids on the screen teaching all these old ass motherfuckers watching this film you're using kids to teach uh, adults about consent wow All in all, <laughs> yes, tender masculinity. Very, edu- very educational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go out and see Good Boys. It's a good film. Uh, definitely subscribe to uh, Healing Justice Podcast. Yes. Mm. And subscribe to Sana's. Scru- subscribe to, subscribe to my life. <laughs> <laughs> tap in, y'all. Tap, tap in. in. Yeah, let, let everyone know where they can find you, Sonny. Um, My social media handle is synonymous with everything is Lady Sana. It's L A D Y. S double A N E. S double. There's two A's. A N E. I love that. Lady Sane on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud. Yeah, all of those. And you'll be back, right? I'll be back. BRB. BRB. Be right back. (laughs) (laughs) No, you. (laughs) All right. Like usual, we always land the plane with this one beautiful question. How are we going to take care of ourselves for the rest of the week? Sane. Definitely rest. Mm-hmm. Mm. I should probably rest today. Yeah, I think we all should. Yeah, I think I'm going to rest. I think you got to rest and uh, recharge. That's how I'm going to, yeah, recharge. Yeah. Take the rest of this day off. Nice, because you know you got in at five and five a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna rest too. Sleep, rest, not just relax. I'm gonna actually sleep. Go home, take some medication, and knock out. Mm-hmm. What about you, Connor? I am going to um, 
take deep breaths. Mm. So I'm going to just be very clear when I'm in moments of frustration, when I'm in moments of irritation, mm. um, the anger takes over. Right. Mm. And I lash out or I do things in a very passive way. And I'm just going to excuse myself and take a few deep breaths mm. and then come back. And I think communicate, you know, mm. what I'm feeling, because I uh, I go around being angry, but I need to communicate like what's going on and then set boundaries rights and intentions and things like that it's, i'm in a very f frustrating state mm. in my life right now where we're you know looking for a new place mm. looking for a new home mm. dealing with all these women in my family you know and it's just many women yeah oh god that happens um so yeah i'm gonna do that nice yeah all right y'all and then one last thing we're gonna do one yeah. word before we get out of here one word what word are you feeling now Love. Love. Um, productivity. Productivity. Yeah. Me, healing. Mm. Yeah. Say la. Say la. Say la. And we will say this. Tap in with y'all. Or tap in with us on social media at For the Cultures, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud apple stitcher and we are now on spotify y'all so tap in with us tap all the way in um thank you for engaging with us in this conversation and as always we'll see y'all on the next one peace Bye. love and happiness okay. Bye. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by sofia lopez masoli and mary vea vea thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast we see y'all what are we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. 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 culture.